Welcome to the Alem Talks podcast, where we bring leaders together to talk about Black life, Black leadership, Black learning, and Black lifestyle. We are your ultimate lunch break. All right. Welcome, 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 y'all. This episode is going to be an exciting one with one and only Julia Smith. How to become the plug, the remarkable leader everyone wants to know. Julia, how are you? I'm doing well, Dorothy. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you in person. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're always on Zoom. It's so good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into these questions? All right. I am a Milwaukee native. I am currently working in the financial services industry. I have had the opportunity to lead many different teams. So really excited about this conversation. In my spare time, I am really active with my vibrant four-year-old son, Donovan, who is the joy of my life. Yes, I love it. I'm so excited to have you here. Listen, I want you all to know that Julia is a master connector and networker. And I feel like when it comes to this topic of being the plug, we could not have a better guest on the show. So I was talking to a couple friends the other day and they were like, the plug, what does that mean? So what does that mean, Julia? If we say the plug, what are we talking about? Yeah, so for me, the plug means being a connector of people, resources, ideas, the catalyst that makes things happen. Right. I mean, when I think about it, it's like, oh my God, I love your hair. Who did it? Where's she at? How much she cost? You got the plug? Can you hook a sister up? Right? So when I think about the plug, I agree. And I feel like you said it in a much better way than I would have. So I think that we're all on the same page. The plug is the connect. And that's who we want to go to in order to get the resources, the supplies, whatever it is that we're looking for. So have you ever been the plug, Julia? Yes, absolutely. And I still am the plug. Yes. (laughs) Tell me more. Yeah. So I really enjoy meeting people. I enjoy hearing about their plans, their vision, things that they're doing. And I sort of have this Rolodex in my mind where I keep all this information and then I'm able to introduce people to different opportunities to different ideas, like, hey, you should meet this person or you really should get connected to this organization. They're doing this particular thing. And most recently, most of my plugging has been around talent and plugging talent into great opportunities. So So really excited about plugging more people into great career opportunities. I love that because I think it's so important when folks look like us that we have the plug when it comes to work jobs, opportunities for us to be able to build a career that we can be proud of. And I didn't always have the plug when I was going through corporate. I didn't always know someone who could get me in or who could put in a good word for me. So the fact that you are the plug for talent, that is incredible. And we need more Julias in the world. So as we think about this term from a work standpoint, I think something that's important for us to explore is the idea of leadership, right? And so as we think about being the plug for talent, connecting people, bringing people into organizations because they're incredible, leadership plays a role in that. And I want to know from you, how would you define leadership? Simply put, it's influence. 
When I say, I hope y'all are taking notes, it is influence, right? And that, to me, that means that even if you don't have direct reports, the very first person that you influence is you, right? Know thyself. That's step one. And so if it's influence, do you feel like as the plug, you're able to influence people in your network to do things that are going to help move others forward? Absolutely. Being influential and building those relationships and Mm. understanding what people are looking for, what people want to be successful, and really being easy to work with. I pride myself on that, like just being super easy, not making things overly complicated. So for example, I know that there are some positions that people need filled. And the first thing I'm thinking about is, well, who in my network meets those skills? Who in my network can I connect to this great opportunity? And then when I'm able to deliver on that, then there's trust and credibility that's built, which also ensures that I have even more influence. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I hope y'all have your pens and papers. Did you catch that, right? Julia lifted up the idea of relationships, building trust, establishing credibility so that you can continue to be the plug over and over and over again, right? Because what I'm hearing you share, Julia, is that you're plugging people in, but guess what? When someone's looking for someone to plug in, guess who they're going to call? You, right? Because you're creating this dependable cycle of give and take, right? Where you're able to give talent, you're able to take those resources to someone else and then bring the talent back in. And then in some instances, whenever possible, being able to keep it right in our community. That's incredible. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So as we think about leadership, I want to know, especially because you're a master connector and master networker, How would you describe your leadership style? So it really depends on the situation, Dorothy. Okay. I consider myself a servant leader most of the times, but there's definitely situations that call for different leadership styles. But I'm really focused on displaying consistent leadership behaviors. Mm, So, for example, one important behavior is compassion. I am genuinely interested in people. And that interest even carries on to the success of any teams that I'm leading. I am committed to people making sure that I'm checking in on well-being and even having understanding, which doesn't mean that we always agree on everything, but we are. I'm committed to getting that understanding and making sure that the team has understanding. Adapting to change is another behavior. Yeah. Like last year, <laughs> two <laughs> words that stand out or two phrases is unprecedented times and pivot. That, yep. And so for me, being able to pivot quickly and bring others along, so not just understanding like what we're doing, but why we're doing this, just helps me to really continue that influence and helps to underscore like that commitment from the team. Like, yeah, we're following Julia because she's adapting to this change. We're confident in her ability. We see where we're going. We see what our part is in that. And then another behavior I think is that's really important for leaders is inspiring others to act. So again, that's more of that. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing. This is how you can be involved. And I'm here to support along the way. Oh my goodness. First of all, so many nuggets there. Something that stood out, the last thing you said around inspiring others to act, I think that that's huge. 
especially if we're pivoting or we're in unprecedented times. We have to make sure that we inspire others all along the way. But the other big thing, y'all, that I hope you all caught is bringing people along. Sometimes we feel like we're leading, but when we're leaving dead bodies behind, that's not the way to go. How can we bring people along versus dragging them or (laughs) pushing them or forcing them? What can we do to exhibit those leadership behaviors. And I like that you highlighted the behaviors, right? Because our style could flex and it could adjust depending on what's called for in that situation and circumstance. But understanding that the behaviors overlap everything, I think is a great way to really lift up, well, how do I want to show up? Who do I want to be? And how do I want to be remembered? So I like that a lot. And so I think that as we think about behaviors, are there any other important characteristics that you would say Black leaders should incorporate if they're going to be effective? Or does that just about cover it? Yeah, so really excited because I have so many role models of Black leaders across the world in history and even in present day. And one trait that I absolutely admire is the ability to conceive reality in new ways. So being willing to stand out from the crowd, and even if they may seem to be considered to be strange or crazy, but they are so compelled by the vision that even though they may have disapproval from the crowd, it doesn't stop them. They take this idea from conception to reality. Oh, I love it. And vision, I think, is critical, right? Because If we have no vision, we might not necessarily be a leader. We might be more of an organizer. And so having that vision and making it plain so that others can say, you know what? I've never seen that before, but that looks exciting. That's part of the process, right? Of bringing people along. So I love that. Any other characteristics or traits that stand out to you that could help other Black leaders be even more effective? I am really passionate about developing partnership with people and in developing a partnership. So sometimes there's, depending on what position you're in, there's like that top-down approach. I have the vision. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're getting it done. Right. And then there have been the best leaders that I've worked for that have made me feel like I'm a partner in this. I have a vested interest in this. My ideas matter. We are working together and producing this collaboratively. Yes, that's the word that I was thinking of. Those are the leaders that I've worked the hardest for. And when I've shown up as that type of leader, that's when I've been able to gain the best results. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that this idea that we aren't just there to solely execute, but that we can also contribute. Sarah Noble always says we don't come to situations empty right? And so if we're coming with our cups partially full, all the way full, that means that we have something to offer and that could transform this opportunity, this project in a direction that could make it even better. So the fact that we could collaborate and work together and partner together, I absolutely agree. I think that those are, when I look back over my leadership experiences, those have been the best ones. Working for leaders who don't feel like, well, I know everything and just do what I said. I don't pay you to think, I pay you to do. But when those leaders want to bring us along and really include us and inject us into the process, 
yeah, I definitely think we're going to be way more engaged and we're going to work way harder. Yeah, it speaks to having a enterprise view or thinking about systems. So instead of just your team or you're just your specific responsibility, whether that's in the workplace, in the community, whatever effort you're leading, you're thinking about the bigger picture. Who else am I impacting by this work that I'm leading? And making sure that I'm collaborating across, not just in my own silo world, but collaborating across because we have the best and the biggest impact that way. It takes all of us working together. Y'all. I don't know if you picked up what she put down, but let me take that a step further. As you build your career and as you build your personal brand at work, you want people outside of your department to know you. It cannot just be in your little department that you are like killing it. You need other people within the organization in different departments and pillars to know your name, know what you do, and know how you bring the fire, right? You got the juice. But if only your boss knows, that's not going to help you. Make sure other people know that you've got it and that you bring it on a daily basis. So that systems thinking, taking that enterprise-wide approach, that's an absolute game changer. So now I want to talk about another trait, this idea of motivation. What role do you think motivation plays in helping Black leaders shine and get noticed, in this case, from the couch. So I'm going to share a bit of a transparent story about myself when it comes to motivation. Okay. I mentioned before that I have a four-year-old son. And about four years ago, he's my only child, first child, I went through a health struggle with postpartum depression. Okay. And it was a struggle for me to be motivated to get to work. And during that time, I went to therapy, took care of myself, but I also engaged with a coach. And one of the things that the coach really helped me push and identify is my why. What is my why for living? What is my why and my motivation for going to work? What is the impact that I want to leave? So I spent a lot of work working on my why. And I know for me, my personal mission that includes creating generational wealth, that includes changing the trajectory for my family, thinking down to the next generations and the generations after that, that is my mission. And that's what motivates me. And so I have it written down. Yes. And I use that to inspire me and motivate me so that I can push myself through the setbacks, through the challenges because I know that this is what I'm here for. And so how does that get me noticed? I'm going beyond, I'm above the extra mile. I am working very hard and I'm bringing others along with me and helping them understand like even what my passion is and why I am motivating, what gets me up every day. And so that I think helps add to my shine. I love that because I think that sometimes we feel like if we're just not motivated, we can't recover. And even in your story, I think that that demonstrates having resilience and giving yourself permission to take care of yourself, but then giving yourself permission to reignite and say, okay, so things look different now. What motivates me now? And what helps Julia show up and shine and give herself permission to get up, sit down, get back up again, and then basically keep going through. And then being able to be a light to other people and say, well, here's how I did it. Whatever works for you, but then let's figure out what works for you. And I think that that's really important because we have to find out what is our why? 
Because when things get challenging, we have to figure out how we're going to push through that. So thank you so much for sharing that. So as I think about that story of motivation and that I'm a mom too, and like everything changes, right? After you have a kid. And one of the things that I think can get impacted after you have a child or just at various parts of your career, the thing that can be impacted all along the way is confidence. And as leaders, we're on this journey of gaining confidence, maintaining confidence, regaining confidence, this inner belief that, yes, I can. But what role do you think confidence plays for Black leaders at work who want to be the plug? That remarkable leader that everyone wants to know, colleagues want to work with, and bosses want them to be their direct reports. What role does confidence play? Confidence really is that it factor. It's that it factor that will cause people to follow you. It's that factor that will cause people to be compelled by your vision and your strategies. I remember a few years ago, earlier in my career, I was one of those people who are like really heads down worker, really good at strategy, really good at being behind the scenes. And then I was leading a project initiative and I had to get up in front of a large amount of people that included leaders and employees and such and tell them about the vision, about how we were going to solve this problem and what I was putting in place. And after that session, one of my senior leaders came up to me and said, Julia, I have seen you so confident, but I've never seen you be compelling. You were compelling in this space. I believe in the vision you have. I believe in the strategy. This is how you need to show up all the time. And so I took that to heart because, again, I'm like, I'm doing a good job behind the scenes. But to be able to stand with confidence to show executive presence and command and really be bought into that vision and bring others along in that, again, it just underscores you being that it factor and being able to have other people like trust you and believe in you. And then sometimes, like you said before, there are different situations in life where your confidence can kind of go down and it can flex. What I do usually is I write down all of my successes. Like the times when I overcame something, especially when I didn't think I couldn't do it or all of these obstacles came in the way. And I keep a record of that to remind myself that I've overcome this. I will overcome this again. I have what it takes to do it. I'm going to be successful. And even if it doesn't go the way I want to, there's going to be so many lessons learned that I can apply moving forward. I love it. I have a win board that I keep in my room. And every time I win, big or small, personally or professionally, I put it on the board so that I can keep perspective. Because that's the thing. Confidence goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And so we have to have some systems in place to help maintain perspective. Because I think out of context, it could feel like, I'm always messing up. I'm always failing. I never get this right. But being able to see your successes or your wins on paper or on a board and keeping it visible lets you know, while it feels like this was a rough week or a rough month, you've had a great year. And being able to reflect back in a positive way of exactly what you said. I've overcome things like this before and I can do it again. And I think that within confidence, the reason why this is such an integral part is because without confidence, people can't lead as effectively. 
it really is the cornerstone of leadership. I say that confidence is leadership's handmaid. Like you have to have it if you're going to lead and show up like a boss, like you know you got it, you got the juice, you got the it factor, like you said. And so confidence is something that every time that we transition, we want to make sure that we reignite our confidence and then just do a check to make sure that we've still got it in place and do what's needed to recover, especially if we're having a challenging time. Because every time we transition, we can run into some hiccups and hangups. So we want to just make sure that we're getting a pulse on ourselves. If we're going to be the plug, that means we have to be plugged into us, ourselves, so that we can do what we got to do. It's really hard to be the master connector, master networker, when we're feeling a little disjointed inside. So doing that check to say, how am I feeling? Do I feel motivated? Check. Do I feel confident? Check. Okay, now I can go and bring others along and continue to plug folks in. So we talked about motivation. We talked about confidence. But what about accountability? Does that have any bearing on being the plug? And if so, what does that even look like? Yeah, so accountability plays a huge role in being the plug. It allows, well, for myself to produce measurable results. Mm. I own what I need to do and I influence others to do what they need to do. Okay. So accountability, and you talk about like confidence and connection and bringing others along. When you're able to hold yourself accountable and hold others accountable, there are increased feelings of competency that are on that team. You get more commitment to the work. Right. There's more innovation and creativity because it's like, hey, this is what we are supposed to do. This is how we're going to be successful. This is my role. This is your role. And this is how we're all working together. And then once we get to the end of that project or whatever that deliverable is, we can see the results. We can see the results of our work. So I think it's important to be an accountable leader who can lead a team of accountable employees and be able to reward those successes and learn from any lessons learned when you don't necessarily miss the mark. Ooh, what? I mean, first of all, again, I know you got your pens. I know you got your notepads. But I think sometimes we don't necessarily think about the role accountability plays. We're just like, okay, let me just make sure I get stuff done. But this idea that we could go into whatever scenario, whatever situation and say, What's going to be the measurable result? How am I going to hold myself accountable? And what can I do to influence others to ignite action so that we get things done? And I think that so often in different companies, we might hear like, oh, we need to work on accountability in our culture. We need to make people feel more accountable. But I think something that you said that really resonated was this idea around commitment. If we know what we're doing, if we know why we're doing it, We have clear vision and we understand exactly what our role is and how we're going to contribute to the final product. I think that that absolutely ignites accountability. I think we're not always accountable because we're just confused. There's not clarity. We're not sure. The leader may not be explaining. We may not be asking questions. And then I think that's when accountability starts to fall apart. But I really like how you laid that out because that's something that we have to keep top of mind. How do I hold myself accountable? Because if I can't hold myself accountable, 
well, how am I going to hold other people accountable, right? This whole leadership thing, being the plug, I think it starts with that internal step of, well, how am I showing up? What can I do? What's my purpose? What's my vision? What's my mission and vision? And you said earlier, you have it written down so that you could see it, so that you can review it and have a reminder every day that's in plain sight to say, this is your why. This is why you show up. This is why you work hard. And this is the stuff that your dreams are going to be made of, right? How do I make what I think and see in my mind a reality that I can step into, especially as you think about creating generational wealth for your family and things like that. So I'm here for the magic. But speaking of like just not being clear or not understanding what's going on and maybe not always being as accountable as we could be or should be, I think sometimes we run into setbacks and challenges, right? We have the best of intentions. We want to do a great job and we thought it was going to go great. But then setback, challenge, we're at work. Do you think that leadership plays a role in helping us adapt and overcome when everything falls apart at work? Absolutely. How you frame those setbacks is Mm. absolutely pivotal. It can motivate and inspire a team to go the extra mile, or it can cause a lot of anxiety and panic. So I think that that's really important to frame those setbacks and challenges as learning opportunities. These are the times where we really develop the grit, the resilience that help us forge ahead. We're going to experience challenges and setbacks. It's very rare that, at least from my experience, it's very rare that we have something go exactly the way it's planned 100% of the time. So making sure that framing that setback and challenge and then engaging other people in the solutioning of that and saying, hey, I'm a leader and I don't have all the answers. That's why you're here. You are a powerful team. We can work together to overcome this. And what are we learning through the process? What can we do better? And so I like to frame setbacks and challenges as those learning opportunities and ways that we can collaborate together to solve the issue. Or sometimes it's just, hey, yep, this was a lesson learned here. This is a (laughs) challenge and we're moving forward. (laughs) Right, absolutely. And I think just even the way you kicked it off of how do we want to frame something? Because I believe that our words have a lot of power, right? And so how do we frame this up? What is it going to look like? And as we formulate that start, stop, continue, what do we do next? Because I think sometimes when things fall apart at work, we can, especially if we've had a lot of setbacks back to back, we can start to doubt our ability to perform. But that whole framing What do we want to take away from this? What do we want to learn? And my dad used to always say, there are multiple letters in the alphabet. Have a plan A through Z. As you try to figure out, well, how do I recover? How do I avoid this in the future? And how do I get the assistance that I need to show up better the next time? Like when you shared your personal story, you said, okay, well, I took care of myself. Okay, that's part of it. I went to therapy. That's another part. And I got a coach. That's another part, right? So as we look at these setbacks and these obstacles, what are the levers that we can pull so that we can recover and be able to bounce back? Absolutely. You mentioned the wind board that you have. Mm -hmm. I think that is a critical piece, even when you are leading a team, to have the team's wind board. Because during those times of setback and challenges, you can go through and remind the team, hey, 
this is what we've overcome together. This is what we accomplished. And it just really helps to kind of build that confidence and motivate people to say, hey, we're going to get through that setback and challenge again. And even thinking about like outside of work, even with your own family, having that win board. Like I share with my 16-year-old niece, this is how I've gotten through some similar situations that you're going through now. And sharing like the strategies around that and sharing with her those wins. So that's kind of like keeping in a family. This is how we solve our problems. These are ways that we do those things because we're going to experience setbacks and challenges throughout life. Right. (laughs) First of all, be clear, I'm taking that. I'm going to start infusing that into my coaching. Have a team win board. Have a family win board. I am here for every drop of that. Yes, I am. I love that. First of all, I just need to know why that never occurred to me. If anybody could let me know why that never occurred to me, that would be wonderful. Okay, so we've talked motivation. We've talked confidence, accountability, overcoming setbacks, and recovering from challenges that come our way. But now I want to hear about courage. And if y'all haven't figured it out, we're talking about all kinds of leadership traits that help you show up remarkably. If you want to be the plug at work and beyond, These are some of the traits that you want to have in your leadership back pocket. So do you think courage looks different for Black leaders in comparison to non-Black leaders? Great question, Dorothy. When I think about courage, it is the mental or the moral strength that allows me to act despite of my fears. Mm -hmm. And I think we all can relate to that. However, our fears may be different depending on our upbringing, education, work experience, and even work environments. Right. And for Black leaders, many times we may be the only one in the room. That. I have learned to use that to my advantage. I have a unique point of view. I'm going to look at the problem and the solution from a different angle. People are going to really hone in and listen to what I have to say because I'm different. I'm in the room and I'm different. So showing up courageously, being able to have that courage, I think sometimes for Black leaders, It can be intimidating, especially when you're the only one in the room, but absolutely use that to your advantage. And I think when I, about courage, that's really such an important part of being a leader, being able to move and do it afraid. And that's something that I say a lot. Just do it afraid. Absolutely. And don't let the fact that you are maybe the only woman, you may be the only Black person, you may be the only person of color. You are at the table. You are in the room for a reason. So you need to bring it. I couldn't agree more. The whole do it afraid, I think is so important because I think we hear that a lot, but I want to just dive into that for a second because I think so often we feel like I'll do it when I get the courage to do it. But the courage doesn't come until you do the thing. And something that I always like to share with folks, which I did not make it up, it was like a Greek philosopher or somebody who said, courage is the midpoint between cowardice and crazy. So the idea that we would be sitting around waiting to be struck by the courage lightning, that's not going to happen. We have to start making moves and doing the thing and literally putting one foot in front of the other, even though we're not always sure, maybe we don't have all the confidence in the world. But to the point that you made before, I've been here before. I've done something similar. Let me leverage my previous experiences and draw upon those to figure out how I can move and navigate and still be able to execute with brilliance. Even though I don't have all the answers, I don't have all the pieces, 
But something that you've reiterated this whole time, this idea of bringing people along, this idea of cultivating relationships, maintaining relationships, that's what the other folks will be there for, to help you navigate along the way, especially if you're not totally sure. And being able to, as a leader, say, I'm not sure. What do you think? Maybe you could help. I'd love your perspective. And being able to leverage people in that way to get stuff done. Being able to do things through people and with people through this whole art of connecting, right? And building and maintaining those relationships so that when it's time, you have those resources that you can pull upon and draw upon in order to get stuff done. But yeah, I absolutely agree with, even if you're the only, you're there for a reason, right? And so you're in the room, now allow your background, your education, your skill set, your contributions to keep you there and show up brightly and boldly because your blackness is an asset. And the idea that you're going to try to blend or hide, we see you. <laughs> you're black. Exactly. exactly. Girl, bro, we see you, friend. And so here we are, even if you're the only, bring it, right? Because sometimes you might be the only person that that group will be able to interact with. And you might be the only person who's going to be able to lift up that perspective because nobody else looks like you and nobody else thinks like you. Okay. So as we get ready and we're drawing near to the end, I've had so much fun with you. I know we could talk all day because we have. Yes. So <laughs> what tips or tricks would you offer to Black leaders who want to be the plug at work and beyond? Yes. Yeah, so I have six tips. Oh, let's go. All right. So tip number one, and I've mentioned this before, get clear on your why. Mm, Let mm -hmm. this guide you when you're making decisions, when the going gets tough and you feel like quitting. Let that be the guiding force. Okay. Tip number two, be really good at your role. That. Like, you want to be the person that people are going to for the information or to get something done or to get the thought partnership and perspective and make it easy to work with you in that. Tip number three, I mentioned adapting an enterprise-wise mindset. Think beyond yourself and your team and understand how all parts and people work together to accomplish the overall mission and vision of that company or that community. It also helps you to make those connections really easy. Network it. Network. Become interested in people. What are they doing? Right. Make those connections back to their work. How are you adding value? How can you add value to their life? Yes. And then give back. Mentoring, coaching others. Remember to lift as you climb. Mm. And then know your brand. What yes. are you known for? What do people see you as the plug for? And what do you want to be known for? First of all, let me go take a lap, pass the collection plate. Girl, yes, so good. I love it. Okay, last question, but not least. What's one thing that you wish you knew back in the day that would serve you right now as a Black leader? Just one, Dorothy. Okay, maybe two, three. Oh, because I can write a whole novel. Listen, tell <laughs> me. I want to know. I wish that I knew back in the day. I feel like I got like 40. So <laughs> I want to know. But if I do have to pick just one thing that I wish that I knew that would serve me even now as a Black leader, I say, I wish that I knew my greatness. Yeah. If I really me knew about it. my greatness, I would have showed up a lot differently 
back then. Mm. I would have seized more opportunities. Me too. And most of all, I would have taken more bold, rewarding risk. Oh, girl, listen, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I feel like I have like 40 things. But yeah, if I knew my greatness, if I knew I was powerful beyond measure, like if I really knew that, right? Because I think we're told and we've heard it. But if we really knew that and internalized it, if we showed up like we knew that we win in the end, that we're victorious, that we don't lose, we don't fail, what would we do? Wow. Let's just drop the mic, y'all. Like that was incredible. It has been so much fun hanging out with you, Julia. You as well, Dorothy. I mean, I didn't want to be typing the whole time, taking all my notes, because then y'all would have heard me tip-tapping on these keys, but this has been amazing. I hope this has been as helpful for y'all as it has been for me. Again, if you want to grab those nuggets, just go ahead and re-listen. But we'll be back again soon. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you are required to lead from every seat you sit in. Keep killing it. We'll see y'all soon. Did you enjoy this episode of Alum Talks? Please share this episode with another incredible Black leader. Rate this episode five stars and follow us on social media. We are on LinkedIn and Facebook as Alum and Instagram as Alum Milwaukee. Remember, that's A-A-L-A-M-I-L-W-A-U-K-E-E. And if you've got questions or a topic recommendation, email us at info at alummilwaukee.org. Alum, advancing leaders accelerating change.